Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to World Spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions with your host, Reverend Paul John Roach. So hello and welcome to World Spirituality on the Unity Online Radio Network. I'm your host, Paul John Roach, coming to you from Fort Worth in Texas. And today is the last show of 2020 before we take a break, a holiday break, and I'll be back on January 5th. But uh, because this is the last show in this strange and wonderful year of 2020, I've invited my uh, wife, once again, Wendy, to be on the show, and our discussion is going to be on the theme of 2020 and what's going to happen next year. So as always, it's a a joy to welcome my wife, Wendy, to the show. Welcome, Wendy. Well, thank you for having me. I like how you invite me when it's strange, when about a strange topic. Thank you. That is not true. I, I hope I, I have <laughs> insightful information. I'm sure you do, as you always do. Um, and I don't just invite you at strange times. I invite you at uh, momentous and, and interesting <laughs> times, yes. But but you always give some insight, which is which is welcome. So... 2020, what happened? <laughs> I remember I wrote a poem at the beginning of the year um, talking about 2020 and hindsight and all that and, and looking for, uh, forward into foresight and what that was and, and feeling encouraged by the idea that, oh, we got 2020 ahead of us and all was going well, of course, until uh, the first couple of months and, and then by March, everything uh, changed dramatically and has done ever since. And uh, most of it has been caused, of course, by uh, the coronavirus, COVID-19, um, and also by, you know, just the way that uh, we've approached uh, coronavirus in, in, in many various ways. So it definitely ha- has um, changed everything. There's no way that uh, we could do business as usual, right, Wendy? No, there isn't. Um, you know, I remember at the beginning of the year when we first started hearing about the pandemic and my daughter and son-in-law talking about it. And I was coming up on my 60th birthday. Uh, and we were going to have a party and we were going to go to Hawaii and we were going to do all this stuff. And when it, I realized it wasn't going to happen, the resistance I felt to what what was happening was so overwhelming for me. I I was really resistant to it, and I really had to work with uh, putting myself into uh, uh, ex- experiencing what is and um, uh, keeping myself present present for that and looking for the for the good in it. Right, because, you know, it's a big uh, one of those uh, momentous years, isn't it, when you turn 60 and, uh, 
it's a milestone and, and you know, we want to celebrate. We certainly wanted to celebrate this, uh, you know, uh, event for you and, and just couldn't do it. So um, it's it's uh, it's not the, it's not uh, a huge problem. It's a first world problem. Mm -hmm. OK, we didn't get a, a party. We can go to Hawaii. We'll be do. But, you know, when you when you want to celebrate something, you, you know, you're, it's, it's no fun when you can't do it anymore. Yeah, it's the resistance part that I was uh, focusing on that we uh, just how resistant I felt to somebody telling me things were not going to go what the way I had planned it, what, what I had planned. Right. You know? and, and life is like that. We just think we plan. Well, and that's an important point, I think, about resistance is that I remember, you know, after after March, there was a couple of months where everybody, quote, locked down and uh, we started to wear masks and and uh, you know, avoid uh, going in places where we could be infected or infect others. And uh, it seemed to be working quite well. And then things changed. You know, people got tired of it, uh, tired of not going anywhere and, and started to uh, ignore some of the guidelines. And um, part of it, I think, is uh, we live in a society that, um, you know, lifts up freedom and wants to have what we want at the time we want it. Yeah, uh, it's the instant gratification, but it's also a... a an aspect of the the qualities of our of our nation and the qualities of the West that that we want our, our liberty to do what is ours to do, uh, and so we resent or resist, like you said, uh, anybody else telling us, uh, you know, what what to do. However, if if we don't follow guidelines, you know, we then bad things can happen, as we've seen because we've gone through various waves with the uh, coronavirus, and the waves usually go. Uh, alongside not paying attention, you know, when we when we take our foot uh, off the pedal and start to coast and, and not follow the regulations, that's when the uh, the spikes seem to happen. So there seems to be a correlation there. Well, I I uh, marveled at how my um, at the beginning of the pandemic that my my southern hospitality is that you feed everyone, you hug everyone, you look them in the eye, you smile at them, but you can't smile with a mask, you can't hug people, you can't do all these things. And so I had to remain um, creative in how I presented myself. And I think anytime that we are trying to learn something new or we're, we're, we're faced with a new situation, um, that we have to remain flexible. I, I thought about what would happen to uh, what happens to people that are in life changing circumstances, like perhaps losing a limb, or and they have to relearn how to walk or how to function again. And and uh, you have to remain creative in those types of situations. And otherwise, the fatigue, the you know, the pandemic fatigue comes along. Wait, when we've talked, uh, or I've talked many times on the show this year about how fortunate I am um, and Wendy is because we are retired, we live in a nice house, we've got a big garden to look after. Um, most of the work that we do could be done online. And uh, so we, we feel like we're very fortunate and, and are not impacted too much by uh, coronavirus, though obviously we have to take uh, precautions and can't go out to eat or any of the other things that we might have done. But, uh, you know, we, we still recognize how, how blessed we are compared to some. And, and, you know, you may be in the same position where you, you were fairly cocooned from it, but many of our fellow citizens are, are not cocooned. You know, they, they have to go out there to work. Uh, they, they have to put themselves in harm's way. 
and they have, you know, the vast majority have, have diligently done this, and it's a testimony, I think, to the quality that we see that uh, you know the the people are willing to do the the work that's necessary, whether it be um, you know frontline workers in hospitals, caregivers, uh, doctors, nurses, um, and other aides, or, or the, certainly the police and fire services. Or whether it be uh, people are going to work to uh, provide food for us, you know. I think of all the people who maintain uh, the the grocery stores. You know, we did have a little bit of a scare at the beginning where things would fly off the shelf, you know, uh, toilet paper or whatnot. But really, apart from that, um, every time I go into a store, I'm amazed to see how normal it is with uh, uh, fully stocked shelves and the abundance that we're used we used to. The only thing we have to do is, is you know, wipe our carts and wear masks, and, and that's about it. But everything else is still still provided. So we give thanks for those folks um, who tirelessly have served us this year. And um, that's in the midst of some of the craziness that we might have experienced. You know, I think that that is a testimony to the inherent decency uh, of uh, Americans and not just Americans, all, all people around the world who are willing to to continue in difficult circumstances. So uh, this is this is a good thing. And it's one of the things that I felt uh, you know, um, gratified by actually in, in a difficult year, that the fact that the people have risen to to the occasion. Well, and knowing some of those uh, people, people that, um, like Paul said, we we are we 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 are so isolated. Um, I think in our in our own personal situation, um, and when you do come across those people that have struggled through it, and you hear tales and. You read stories, and and uh, it it tugged at my heart and made me want to do something to help. Um, and and I felt a little um, uh, what would you call it out of sorts, or um, um, I didn't I didn't really know how um, to reach out and help in the situation. So I I did you know what I could, and and um, but the. I think that there's, we have to remember that there is a, a wide diversity of things happening to people and to be um, open to, to accepting somebody else's story and uh, being caring and, um, you know, for, for, for them, for, for another person's point of view. Right. And, and on a, uh, a local note too, in terms of our unity, um, tradition and, and uh, what we do at unity at the, at the unity world headquarters you know there's there had to be a a shift in in how we approach business because a lot of things shut down we couldn't do the weddings and the hospitality and the hotel and all that that we we would do we were doing um, but uh, testimony to the leadership at unity world headquarters uh, life continued and um, you know various um, ways were created to work around these difficulties and and uh, a lot of work has, has been done on um, in cyberspace on social media and in the booklets and and other uh, various pieces of information that are sent out i know a lot of people tune in to listen to silent unity uh, prayer service on wednesday on weekdays at 11 a.m um, and that, that's been a wonderful thing. So uh, I'm, I'm proud to see that uh, Unity Headquarters has uh, taken 
these difficulties and, and made something uh, meaningful out of them and uh, has met the people's needs. And, and uh, so there's another example of how you know, we could we could take a difficulty and and work creatively with it as as we do in Unity because we believe in in an optimistic approach, an approach to life. But right now, I want to just offer up and invite you to offer up to a prayer for all those people who are impacted in some way, including ourselves, by by COVID nineteen, and um, send compassionate energy to the people who are tirelessly working to uh, continue. Keep this civilization, this society, uh, moving forward. So um, the good outweighs the bad, and um, we we see them uh, surrounded by that uh, that healing and, and powerful light of spirit. Um, in in our own situation, this this week, uh, yeah, Unity lost a uh, well loved uh, minister, uh, Ed Townley, uh, who uh, died from COVID nineteen. So we know it, it's it's all around us. So. And we send healing to his family and all those that knew him. And of course, he's he's free now. He's on the other side as an angel. And um, uh, but we still feel sorrow sorrow that uh, that he passed in in that way. So you, I'm sure you've all got stories of of your own of of people impacted and uh, and losses. So uh, you know, silent unity. Uh, as a prayer movement uh, is is here for you uh, in in that regard too. And may we all practice um, self love and self care, and know that we're worthy of of doing of doing that. Just as as we're uh, hope it and wish for uh, and and maybe even support other people. May we also. Uh, practice our own self-care absolutely so what can we learn from all this that's happened this year um and it, you know because life is for learning right we're, we're either learning or, or we're ossifying and, and crystallizing and dying basically so we have to stay open to what's what's in it here for us to learn to uh, understand at a deeper level and uh, I know you've got some ideas on that, Wendy. For me, I keep coming up with the idea that it's an invitation to, in some way, to stop, um, to look, and to uh, re-examine something. And I, I think there's power in stopping. You know, I was taught that by one of my spiritual teachers, that stopping has power. We, we tend to want to keep moving forward. We always have to be, you know, taking on a new idea, a new understanding, keep moving. And our society is a bit like that. You know, we're, we're on the road, as, as uh, Jack Kerouac would say, um, and at the endless adventure, you know, road trip. But sometimes just stopping and just looking uh, without trying to judge it, without trying to understand it, just being present to it is a very powerful thing. And uh, I, I've, I've been doing this uh, a lot in this year, just the idea of, you know, let's really examine what's what's going on. Well, pre, um, uh, prioritizing um, what's important to us, examining that um, aspect of how do we spend our time, what are we doing, um, how do we spend our thoughts, are we worrying all the time, or are we enjoying the moment in front of us? Um, some things we can, we can, uh, of course, you know, deal with in our heads and make things better and, and uh, we can plan, et cetera. There's always a time for that. But um, I think that 
spending some time of reprioritizing. Uh, we're here. We're at the, the, we're at the X marks the spot. Where do we go from here? Uh, what's important? Right. And that kind of leads to sort of resetting our priorities, doesn't it? What's what's ours to do? Um, for a big part of the year, I've been working on a book that I'm uh, putting together on unity and world religions. And uh, that's been a fascinating study for me to, to put all the information and understanding that I've uh, accrued over the years into a, a format that can be uh, helpful to others. And uh, that's given me a lot of uh, meaning for my, my own personal self, but also the excitement of the idea that it could be a book that can can be help, helpful to others. So that that's been something that uh, that I've done a lot. I've also, and I think I've shared this before, been involved with the spiritual community in in Britain for many years, and they put up um, uh, live streams of their services every day uh, in this during this COVID period. Uh, because people couldn't visit the uh, the center, and uh, they, they, it was so successful. Now they're going to continue that um, even after COVID, because it's a way of reaching people who can't be physically present. And I love that because it's given me a, a daily a boost of tuning into a service of uh, spiritual upliftment. And um, my my daughter, who was uh, christened actually, or blessed by that community, way back when. Uh, she listens in every day too, and and uh, and so her children, uh, my three grandchildren, listen as well. So so it's Actually, it's fun that we're all listen here and there when we're with the fourth one. He knows when the music comes on what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, that's right. The other grandchild and the other, the other part of our family is uh, listens as well. So so you never know. You know that the good things can come in that in that regard to to reimagine what what uh, what is important for us. I want to read a story from the Hasidic Jewish tradition that that I read uh, recently that really impacted me especially in regard to this in terms of um, where are our priorities and uh, it's a short story um, called The Watchman. And in this town in uh, Poland, I think it was, um, the town where Rabbi Naftali lived, it was a custom for the rich people whose houses stood isolated or at the far end of the town to hire men to watch over their property by night. Late one evening, when Rabbi Naftali was skirting the woods which circled the city, he met such a watchman walking up and down. For whom are you working, he asked. The man told him and then inquired in his turn, and whom are you working for, Rabbi? The word struck the teacher like a shaft. I am not working for anybody just now, he barely managed to say. Then he walked up and down beside the man for a long time. Will you be my servant, he finally asked. I should like to, the man replied, but what would be my duties? To remind me, said Rabbi Naftali. I thought that was a very powerful st story because, uh, you know, in the midst of just an ordinary interaction, right, there something happened that was quite profound. He was asking him where, who he worked for. OK, that's a reasonable question. And he, he got an answer. But then uh, the, the watchman had... Uh, the chutzpah, if you like, to ask the same thing of the rabbi, you know, who are you working for? 
And uh, it wasn't about necessarily the, a, a literal who you're working for, but who are you truly working for? What's really going on? And that's the way the rabbi took it. And it shocked him enough that he uh, he wanted to have this watchman as, as in his own house so he could be reminded of the truth. W who are you working for? So we can ask ourselves this uh, during 2020. Who am I working for right now? Uh, who, what, what do I put in my life as the most important thing, my top priority, something that really makes life meaningful for me? Um, you know, am I working for money? Am I working for uh, a boss? Uh, am I working because I'm annoyed about situations or whatever? Uh, am I feeling resentment? Because whatever we're feeling, whatever is, is the foremost in our mind is what we're working for, right? We're, what we're putting our attention to. Uh, I think Jesus said the same thing. He says, where your, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, right? Where, where are you putting your emphasis? Because that's going to condition who you are um, and, and the outcome you're going to receive. So it's a very solitary question to ask ourselves, who are you working for? So let's put Wendy on the spot, shall we? <laughs> Wendy, who are you working for right now? You know, I'm very I'm I'm an advocate for keeping up with what are your thoughts in your head uh, that we are so responsible for that. And just how it affects our own life is, I think, highly um uh, it affects it a, a, a great deal, um, and um, um, channeling where what what we want in life is um, means also keeping up with those thoughts and and channeling them the way we want to go. Um, I I think when I'm lost, like it, I was lost at what what do I do? What 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 can I do for this world? What can I do in a greater for a greater good? And I, not having the answer, I think that I, I can, um, and what I, what I felt like I did and what I continue to do is hold the thought of I am love and I am a, a being of love. And um, wherever I walk or whoever I come in contact with, whether it's in cyberspace or in real person, uh, that I make a difference, whether it's just the thoughts that I put out in my in my own head and where they go out into the universe, which I also believe changes the universe. And if we're, um, if my thoughts are, are of negativity, then that is what uh, goes out into the universe. So um, it's our, our responsibility, I think, to be expanding individuals, to be loving individuals, and to keep a watch on our thoughts that if we've strayed from those, from that, that idea, uh, that we bring ourselves back to it and um, reaffirm by affirmation uh, that you might uh, use often or just by reaffirming that um, we're, we're beings of love. Beautifully responded to there. Thank you. And, uh, you know, there's a difference, isn't there, between what we might say as good unity students and what's really going on. And so we have to check ourselves and, and watch that again, you know, stop and look. Um, because I can say, oh, well, I'm working for spirit. I'm working for love. I'm working for, you know, the highest and best we're all concerned. And, and that's a wonderful ideal. But then we have to say, uh, how is that working for you on a daily basis? You know, are we maintaining that? Or are we allowing, like Wendy said, different thoughts to, to come up into our consciousness? There's no judgment here. It's just a question of looking 
and seeing where most of our time and energy is spent. Um, because we might be surprised sometimes at how much we give uh, our energy to others, you know. And, and I know this can happen uh, by us watching too much television or the news media. Um, you know, we, we are overwhelmed sometimes by the, uh, all the events that are happening or all the, uh, the machinations of uh, politics or whatnot. And um, so it, it sometimes can be overwhelming. We we'll, we'll lose um, we'll control o- over our uh, integrity if we're not careful. And again, I, I was listening to an interesting show recently about um, ethical um, use of uh, the news media and, and social media, uh, that it's so easy now to um, see different aspects of reality depending on your worldview to some one side sounds reasonable to the other. It, it seems completely unreasonable. And uh, this this whole idea of the fake news, which has been with us now for several years, but it's still uh, getting worse and worse, is, is that, uh, you know, we're not sure what reality is anymore. And um, it would be nice to get to some ethical way of approach where we... Um, you know, we don't just buy into information and, and believe it just because somebody tells us this is the way it is. Um, again, it, it, it calls into question, you know, what, what is the role of media? What is the role of things like Facebook and uh, Twitter? And, and, you know, they have enormous control over billions of people. Uh, and so, you know, we're, we're conditioned by the information that we receive. And we don't receive every aspect of information because the algorithms uh, really give us what we're looking for. And, and we've all experienced this, I think. If you look up something on Google that you're interested in buying, all of a sudden there's numerous ads in the, throughout social media inviting you to buy that very same product. How do they know? You know, because they are watching us and uh, seeing what, what we're interested in so they can feed that back to us. Um, and so we only see what we want to see in a way. Um, and uh, it can become, become a dangerous thing. I think it's something we, we all need to look at. Well, I think it, it makes you feel out of control. Uh, it makes you feel like somebody else is controlling you or uh, the world is, uh, you know, there, or there's a secret something or other. And the fact is, is that we're not in control, but neither are they. Um, neither is, is, is quote unquote, they. Um, and what we are in control of, though, is what we think. Uh, what we are in control of is, I think it was, it's one of the um, four agreements, um, or was it the fifth agreement um, by Don Miguel Ruiz? Thank you. Um, that um, was healthy doubt um, to uh, be. <clears throat> All right, we're at the end of the, the first part. So let's talk about healthy doubt, which is, you know, skepticism. The, the fifth agreement when we come back i'm with wendy and we're talking about 2020 in the second part we'll look at some more about 2020 but also at uh, what we believe may be possible for 2021 so join us after these messages from unity discover the power within unity online radio the voice of an awakening world. We now return to World Spirituality with Reverend Paul John Roach. 
So welcome back to today's show. I'm Paul John Roach on World Spirituality. I'm here with my wife, Wendy, and we're looking at the interesting nature of the year 2020. And also we're going to look at what may happen for 2021. And uh, Wendy was mentioning before the uh, the break about the, the fifth agreement that Don Miguel Ruiz had put together, um, which is... The fifth one is uh, a healthy skepticism or or doubt, and uh, you know I think this is a powerful thing. And I, I'm I'm working on my chapter on Buddhism right now, and uh, doubt is something that the Buddha lifted up as as a healthy way of approach. That did, we didn't just want to have blind faith; we had to have a certain amount of skepticism and doubt to prove it for ourselves. And uh, this is what you're talking about, right, Wendy? Right. And what you mentioned earlier in the last segment was that if we become concrete in our thoughts and we don't have any more learning, um, then we shut our minds down and we don't look around. Um, so so I think healthy skepticism or doubt keeps us uh, alive. It's, it's almost the same as uh, seeing uh, from a child's eyes and seeing afresh and gleaming more information from uh, than what you you had before, um, and it, I mean it, that that can be as practical as um, like not believing everything you see on Facebook uh, to uh, relooking at um, the uh, whether the the trees are going to bud back again after they've lost all their leaves. Uh, something is as mysterious as that seems to be in some ways. Sorry, I sort of kind of left you with it. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought, you, I thought you still had something to say. That's okay. I'm sorry. I was, I was just, I was just <laughs> thinking also, I, just, just the, um, also that uh, in our relationships <laughs> that it, if you think you know everything about somebody, whether it's your child or, your parent or your spouse or partner or whatever, that if you think you know everything about them, then you, cate- you, you, you categorize everything they do. You put it in a little compartment. Uh, and it, if, if you had that compartment uh, wrong to, or not quite accurate or, or a person does change, we all change and grow, then... Um, I think that's one of the things that you 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 break from reality a little bit. So healthy skepticism and healthy doubt is is uh, just helps us realign with what's going on. And I think the word the important word there is healthy because you know we have a lot of uh, people telling us that things aren't the way they are. For instance, in the recent uh, election that uh, there's some folks are saying that uh, there was a huge amount of fraud. We're, this isn't a political show, obviously. We're a spiritual network. We're not going to get into the politics and who's right or who's wrong. But the point being is that, uh, you know, the seeds of doubt can be sown so that people are confused. Uh, this is not the healthy doubt that we're talking about. Healthy doubt is where you uh, sift things and see what's the reality. Um, not not just believe the uh, you know various things that are put out there with, with have no basis in reality and, and and again as I'm studying the Buddha this is one of the things I love I love about the Buddha 
is that he says, don't believe it just because I said it, you know, work it out for yourself, uh, come to your own conclusions, uh, go into your own heart and find out what's reasonable, what's sensible. Uh, and I mentioned earlier about ethical uh, social media and, and some of the work that's being done by, by some people on that. And uh, one person said, well, we could just turn turn everything off. We don't have to watch the news or don't go on Facebook. He said, well, that's that's one solution, but it's not really an adequate solution because the the, the things continue to exist. Exactly. And, uh, you know, the, the, the higher way is to work on a system that allows uh, a certain um, balance here, an, an ethical balance uh, of kindness and uh, reality um, uh, and, and uh, true information in, in the midst of all the confusion. So uh, how that's done exactly, I don't know. Um, I'm glad there's people working on it. Um, but I do know, um, having studied spirituality, that we can uh, intuitively know things to be what they are. Um, if if we allow the guidance of the the great wisdom of the spirit within us to to speak to us and uh, to rely on that and not not to rely on um, information coming from any other source uh, and so we can sift uh, the 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 good from the bad the the wheat from the the chaff if you like as Jesus said and and discern from that deeper deeper awareness. Well, I guess you have to also ask yourself then, what if you're discerning, how do you know? I mean, how, how do you know that um, when you say discern, when and, and then you say, okay, I decided I'm believing in this. This is how I believe. Right. You know, how do you know? Well, I think part of it is, is it for the benefit of all? Um, so many things uh, put out there, they're not for the benefit of all. They're, they're to tear things down. Um, I think if something's for the benefit of all, then then we know that that's a good way forward. Um, and if it's speaking to division and separation, then it's not necessarily the best way forward. So if, if something is just there to be a, difficult, a difficulty for us, then maybe it doesn't have the, the a most noble um, purpose. Uh, you know, its intention is not is not pure. Um, so that's been always my my guideline, um, and I I take that from a long time ago when um, my wife and I were for my my late wife, my first wife and I were first on the spiritual path, and um, we were um, entertaining a, a wonderful man in in England uh, who was a spiritual teacher. And uh, we put him up in our home for the weekend. And uh, my wife had had a, a lovely uh, meditation, I think, and she'd had a breakthrough or whatever. And she was all excited. And uh, he listened to her telling about what she'd experienced and uh, simply and calmly said, wonderful, my dear. I hope it's for the benefit of all. And it was such a, an amazing statement. It's a bit like the watchman. Again, it cut through to the the heart of it and it was okay you can have all these wonderful insights and maybe they are great but you test it in in the idea is it of the for benefit of all or is it just a wonderful idea that you came up with that feels good for you and uh, i've always followed that advice you know um is it for the benefit of all because if it is um then move forward if you're not sure 
then maybe don't buy into it. Let's test it a little further uh, until we see it, it, that it's it's for the benefit of all. Well, and I think that goes to, am I a loving being? Uh, am I am I a um, an expanding person? Are my thoughts expanding? Or am I contracting? Uh, am I uh, coming into a defensive and and contracting down into my... Uh, to myself, like I have something to protect, like there's a, a supply that is um, uh, not infinite, which all supplies are infinite. And um, just knowing that helps you be assured that um, you're relying on spirit to guide you and it's like a touchstone um um in your own head if you ask yourself am i expanding are these expanding thoughts are they for the good of all right yeah very good excellent yeah i'm a big advocate that you could, there's only two ways of approaching life either you're expanding or you're contracting right and when we're in our ego selves our separate sense of self uh, we're usually contracting because it's all about us and what we can get out of life. But when you're in spirit, you, you know, you're expanding because you see that we are one and with everyone and you only want the best, the highest and the best for yourself and everyone else. So then you're in an expansive, uh, generous attitude of, of living your life, which is which is wonderful. I did want to talk about, you know, the idea that we can't wait for everything to be perfect, right, before we live our lives. And uh, it's, it's hard to get perfection in 2020, you know, because there's so many difficulties. But really, the blessings are in the midst of everything, not when all the bad things have, have been overcome, because that will that will never happen. You know, life is an embrace of of good and bad uh, qualities brought together and understanding that really there is no such thing as good and bad. It's just what is. And uh, we learn it a different, uh, in a different way when we can embrace in that way. We live in a both and not in an either or world. I know I've uh, had a few conversations with different people that uh, I've said, um, you know, I, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what the world is going to look like, even after we have like a vaccination, what is the world going to look like? I mean, this is this, this time of 2020 has changed how we interact. It's, it, it's sped up the use of the internet and, um, a virtual, uh, reality, um, it's done so many different things. And so it's not just going to, um, we're not just going to continue on, on the same way. We're not going to reset to March 1st, 2020 on March 1st, 2021. Um, even though, even in my own head, I sort of have this idea that on December 31st, 2020, that I'm going to wake up the next day and something different is going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to be like that. Um, but the the staying flexible and enjoying what can be new um, and relaxing into it and knowing that we're provided for is, I think, very important thoughts. 
Very good. Well, on on that subject, the the airline uh, that we were going to fly to Hawaii on has allowed us to use the uh, the tickets up till the end of 2021. So, so I'm I'm affirming that sometime next year we're going to get you to Hawaii, <laughs> and it may not be on your 60th, but that's still fine. We'll we'll have a oh, night. We'll have a nice vacation. I'm exo- I'm I'm still 60 next year because I didn't get to celebrate this year. Ah, uh, there we I'm go. So- there we go. It's end, endless. Uh, sixty. Endless sixty from now on. <laughs> Used to be plenty nine. Now it's sixty. That's okay. So let's look. Let's start looking like you started to do at twenty twenty one. You know there is a sense that uh, you know there's a completion, and, and it may not be immediately apparent on the first day of twenty twenty one that everything's changed. But there, we the humankind does like those. Uh, moments of transition right where we can say goodbye to something and 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 welcome something new even if it's not perfect it's it's the idea that oh at least i can put that that one behind me yeah well and what that looks like of course um, i mean you you say the human condition likes transition um i i think we do like the light at the end of the tunnel type uh, thought but I think that we're slow to change, and we we it makes us uh, um, self conscious. It makes us uh, uh, insecure, uh, and so we have to uh, think about well, what what does make us secure? And um, I think we also have to be ready. We have to prime the pump, and we have to be ready, and and we have to look at our reality and and uh, look hard at what our thoughts and our heads are and how we've pre, um, prioritized uh, things and what's really important to us. And then focusing in on those things, I think then we're ready. We've got our, our um, list ready to go uh, for when the world opens up to something new and bigger and better. And I was musing on, you know, how does that impact uh, unity? You know, how does unity fit in, um, both as a movement and as a, an idea of oneness? And uh, as a movement, you know, I think we we have the opportunity to really speak our truth to the world, uh, which is that in the midst of all the uh, apparent dichotomy and, and sense of separation, there there is that unity. Uh, there is that coming together as one, and uh, and so you know the unity teachings are very practical in that in that regard. Uh, I've been teaching that sense of our wholeness and oneness for 125 years. So you know I, th- I think uh, we call ourselves practical spirituality, and I think uh, this has proved true. You know in difficult times that uh, unity is relevant. But I also also think that deeper understanding of unity, our unity with God, our unity with each other, is is a wonderfully powerful practice and tool right now in in our lives because um, you know we see so much division, and uh, the, there's the only antidote to that is the sense of we are not divided in truth, we are one. And uh, that's not always easy, is it, when we see people that we may dislike and behaviors that we we cannot abide. Um, but we are always called upon to not like the behavior, but to, to behold the Christ in 
that person, that situation, um, that event, you know, there, there is something of God in, in that situation. And um, we are going to see, uh, we're going to persist until we see it clearly. Um, remember an old song by uh, the Waterboys, it said, uh, I'm going to look twice at you until I see the Christ in you. And it always made me laugh because sometimes it takes way more than just twice, right? We have to keep looking over and over again. But I'm going to keep that work up until I see the Christ in you. And we have to say that to ourselves, too. I'm going to look twice at me until I see the Christ in me, right? Until, until we reveal the, the magnificence that we truly are. And to all of those people out there that have complained... <laughs> that complain every year about their getting together with their families and what a, a pain it ends up being on the holiday time. And you're pulled there and pulled there and here and, and, and uh, somebody throws a wrench in the family deal and all that stuff to all that, those times that we've thought that in, in this year that um, we're not together. Um, a lot of us have chosen not to be together. It, is that a good thing? Yeah. You, well, maybe you re, maybe <laughs> we've reaped the rewards of, of, of uh, maybe these are the results, the consequences. Well, maybe it, it just maybe it means more uh, family time means more than it did before. So, well, you know, we're fortunate to visit one of our grandchildren and uh, his parents uh, pretty much every other week because. Uh, we were, we're going down there to to be with them. Where, they work from they work from they home, work from so we're, home, right? we're babysitting. Right. Whereas I haven't been able to see my grandchildren, our grandchildren, on the other side, my daughter's children, uh, since the beginning of COVID, because uh, the husband works uh, in the emergency room at a large public hospital, and uh, you know they've been cocooning basically. Uh, but having said that. Um, you know, we stay in touch a lot on uh, social media and, and call each other up and do FaceTime and other ways of communicating. And I must admit that even though I miss them physically, uh, I still feel very close to that family. And, and it, that's testimony to me to the idea that it's not just uh, being together that's that's important, that, that uh, tuning in in consciousness, being being of a similar mind, and heart is also powerful. And, uh, you know, we talk in quantum physics and about non-local reality and, and the fact that, uh, you know, um, the, the electrons and the, and the particles and the waves could do amazing things. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the quantum entanglement of things. And I think this is true in consciousness, too, that there, there is, there's no time or space to spirit. So, we can literally be with these folks that we love because there's there's no limit to our connection. And uh, so th this uh, COVID has forced us to, to put that into practical effect. And um, yes, I miss them. I'd love to touch them physically, etc. Looking forward to that. But I'm also enjoying this experiment of staying close, uh, even when we can't be close physically. So... Um, another good thing that's that's come out of it for me 
And, um, you know, I'm hoping that others have experienced that uh, connectedness too. Yeah, when, when they say hello to us on FaceTime or whatever, you can feel that they, they, they still know us and they still love us. And Absolutely. Yeah, it's been wonderful in that regard. And, and they know, it, for them, like our six-year-old, um, she, she, know, she knows how to do the Zoom. She knows it all. She knows how to change the background. She, and I'm, I'm sure you know, other people have experienced this for the, but with, their, with their children. But for them, it's, it's normal. For us, it's, it's you know, a strange new world, probably. Um, but, and I think that eventually we have to bring what us older people know of, of that actual being in physical contact and how important that is back to the virtual reality show of FaceTime. Um, but there's two things that it can teach us. I mean, it can teach us the other way also, like Paul was was just saying, yeah, and there's, you know, there's good and bad to everything. And I was just reading the other day that um, a recent uh, publication or edition of the Oxford Junior Dictionary in Britain um, had uh, new words in it like broadband and, and, and social media. But some of the uh, common words for things like acorn and bluebell and kingfisher, and they were left out. And uh, anyway, somebody, a writer had put together the, the lost words and created a book uh, with beautiful illustrations <laughs> talking about the importance of acorns and bluebells and things like that. And uh, I, I was quite amazed that those things would be left out. I'm, I don't know. I think this was about three years ago when this happened. Maybe they've, uh, they've changed and put the words back in. But it speaks to the idea that, you know, we're, we're losing touch with um, with Mother Nature and becoming more habituated to our screens. And uh, it's, you know, we can't allow that to happen, I don't think, because, you know, Mother Nature is, is who we are. And so we need to be grounded to, I'd hate my child not to know what an acorn was, because to me, we learn so much from, from acorns. Uh, you know, out of acorns come the great oaks, right? It's, it's a whole... Um, uh, symbolism of, of growth and unfoldment. Um, so, again, we, we have to be careful, uh, you know, what we're losing when we become habituated to to screens. And I know, you know, unfortunately, 2020 has um, made us even more dependent on, on screens. But I try and put my screen down and go out for walks on a, on a regular basis, enjoy nature that's around me, because I think that's extremely healing and and something that uh, we all we all need to uplift in our lives well and i think that you know there's there's ways of incorporating the two together i mean having a record of by taking pictures and having a record so that uh things can be shown when you were Absolutely. when you were talking it reminded me of flying into dfw and a, a young person picking me up and i said oh my goodness i couldn't believe how much pollution was in the air and they were like oh we thought it was quite clear today, and I thought they don't know. They this person, this this young man, did not know what it looked like when, uh, you know, twenty years ago when I used to fly into DFW, and it it was much clearer. So, um, 
I mean, we we I think that it's it's all it's our responsibility as as a more mature um, citizens of this world to help balance um, the new founded technology stuff with um, with nature and and what is um, actual physical in our world. Right. Very very true. Well, we're about at the end of the show. Let me tell you about uh, what we're going to experience when we come back after the break. On January 5th, I'll be talking with Bridget Dangle Gaspard about a book she's written called The Final Eighth, which shows us how to enlist our inner selves to accomplish our goals. We, We often get a long way along seven parts but there's the eighth part where we get stymied and she's got some understanding about how to break through that final eighth by talking literally talking to our inner selves uh, to accomplish our goals to move beyond all our planning to the deeper connection to spirit so uh, that'll be um, I'll be on on January 5th Uh, I do want to take a moment though to thank all our listeners for faithfully listening to World Spirituality this year. I greatly appreciate all of you. Thank you for helping us keep this voice of an awakening world on the on the air and, and for supporting the, the show here, which we've been, I think I've been doing now for over 12 years. So I think it's one of the oldest shows on the uh, Unity Online Radio Network. And, uh, and I also want to thank Wendy for always uh, bringing... A, a lovely energy and insight to to our discussion. Thank you. Well, I just love strange things. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's why she's married to me, folks. <laughs> I guess that's what she's saying, right? Thank you, Wendy. Isn't that great? What a great way to end the show and 2020. Um, we'll try and be as strange and wonderful in 2021 as we have been this year. Happy holidays. Wishing all the love in the world to you. Likewise. Take care now and be safe. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today.